How's that? Good? Okay. Good morning. Good morning. It is great to be back here at CTR. God is doing amazing things in the midst of this parish family. I can't believe it's been a whole year, and what a year it has been. None of us had any idea what 2020 would bring, did we? We never really do, though. All we can do is be prepared. Advent begins next Sunday, and Advent, of course, is calling us to prepare ourselves to receive our King. And the best we can simply do is be prepared. Since Advent begins next Sunday, that means this is the last Sunday of the Christian year, as you heard Father Culpepper speak of. It's traditionally known as Christ the King Sunday. And I think it sets the stage nicely for exactly who it is we're preparing for, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who comes to us first in the Incarnation, born as a human baby, comfort in the arms of his mother Mary, but who will come again one day in power and great glory to judge both the living and the dead. He will gather all of his people to himself, and the new kingdom will begin. To begin this Christ the King Sunday sermon, I want to take you back briefly into the palace of Pontius Pilate. You remember him. We, actually, his name appears every Sunday as we confess the Nicene Creed, which, of course, roots the life of Jesus into a historical place and a historical time. Pilate was the Roman leader in Jerusalem. He had the authority over life and death. He could hand out capital punishment for any number of crimes, but he really struggled over what to do with Jesus. When we read the gospel narrative, you see that the conflict that's kind of running through his mind and his heart is Jesus is brought before him, having been convicted by the kangaroo court of the Sanhedrin, Pilate asked Jesus, are you a king? What a great question. Are you a king? Jesus, you remember, replies with this statement, my kingship is not of this world. A few hours later, Jesus would hang on a cross. The crowd would mock him and laugh at him. Would something like that really happen to a king? And what could be worse? Stripped, beaten, facing death, having people laugh at you and mock you? He saved, him, he, uh, he saved others, can he save himself? If you're a king, save yourself. Jesus endures their abuse, uttering simply the words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If we're serious about following Jesus, our king, my guess is the world will laugh at us as well. The final message of the church year is that Jesus is, in fact, king. But this message also comes to us with a challenge. And the challenge is to ask ourselves, are we willing to let Jesus reign in our lives? And furthermore, Jesus, in his own teaching, tells us he wants all of us, our entire hearts and souls and minds, not just bits and pieces. He wants to be king over all. And I think there's times in our lives when we say to Jesus, you can have this or that, but this part of me right here I'm going to keep for myself. It doesn't work that way. He wants all of us. It's a bit ironic that we might call Jesus king. We know that he was never part of the Sanhedrin. He didn't serve in the Roman government. He never ran for political office. He never commanded an army. He was dead at the age of 30, executed in a garbage dump between two common thieves. Knowing all this, we still bow our heads and bend our knees and lift our hearts to heaven, proclaiming he is king. We kneel before his presence. And while we do this, the world simply laughs. 
It's easy to laugh at something you don't understand. You see, when the world thinks of kings, it thinks of power and might and authority. It thinks of fame and fortune. Kingship is about ruling by force and gathering everything you can. It's about crushing your foes and taking what you can get. Our own American nation rose out of a rejection of the tyranny of kings. We knew at one time firsthand what kings were like, and we didn't like it. And yet we as Christians have a king whose rule is entirely different. It's not the ways of this world. He doesn't rule with an iron fist. He doesn't rule with force or with weapons or threats, but from a wooden cross and with love. What a strange reality that is the basis of our faith and our belief, a king who rules from the cross. The cross reminds us that our notion of kingship is sadly lacking. We have a mistaken idea of what power and majesty and lordship are all about. We think of kingship and power as the ability to save yourself. If you have enough money, you can save yourself from all sorts of inconvenience. If you have enough political influence, you can save yourself from getting in trouble. We think a king should be able to protect himself from just about anything. The Feast of Christ the King is actually a fairly modern uh, celebration. It was instituted by Pope Pius VI in 1925. What was going on in 1925? Fascism was on the rise. Mussolini and Hitler were coming into power. Can there be no greater contrast between how those two men ruled over others versus how Jesus rules? The message of the Gospel of Christ the King tells us that a true king, king is not one who saves himself, but who forgets self in a pure act of love in order to save others. A true king does not fill himself up with possessions or surround himself with protection, but empties himself out of love for others. What is power? What is kingship? Simply look at Jesus as he hangs on the cross. Jesus himself points out in John's gospel, my kingdom is not of this world. The great contrast between rejecting and accepting the rule of Jesus plays out right on the cross of Mount Calvary. One thief mocks him, says, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and save us. The other thief, declaring the innocence of Jesus, asks in a very heartfelt plea, Jesus, remember us when you come into your kingdom. We know that Jesus has a kingdom and he certainly has authority. He speaks a word and water is turned to wine. He speaks a word and the winds cease and the waves calm. He speaks a word and Lazarus comes out of the tomb. He speaks a word and a man born blind can see. Before his ascension, he stands before the disciples and he says, All authority has been given to me. He has authority. In fact, he is the only human who has ever lived that has real authority. The difference is how he chooses to use it. He will not force any of us to enter into his kingdom. He will not coerce or threaten or intimidate. He who has all authority in heaven on earth freely gives himself to the world and invites us to come into his kingdom. He hopes that people of this world will then give themselves to him. There is no force or coercion, only an invitation of love. Jesus reigns, but have we invited him to reign in our hearts? That's the real question of Christ the King Sunday. We have the freedom to choose whether we will submit to his gracious rule or not. And everyone who's part of this kingdom is there by invitation. None of us are here by force. It's so easy, and yet so many of us refuse. 
Even though Jesus rules and loves, the world hates him and his followers. It looks at the cross of Christ and it laughs. What good is a dead Messiah, they say. St. Paul writes this, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. We, with eyes of faith, look through the cross and see on the other side of it an empty tomb. In fact, we see the King Jesus risen in glory to his eternal throne. We're called this morning to allow his reign to spread into our hearts and from our hearts then to spread into the world around us. Both St. John and Daniel see a day coming with the kingdom of Christ will swallow up all that is. And on that day it is us, not the world, who will have the last laugh. The world may laugh at us now, but a day is coming when every knee on heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.